everybody. Hi, hi. Happy Victory Monday. It is November 6, 2023. My name is Brian Engelman. This is the Unhappy Hour Sports Show, a support group on the New American Media. Thank you for joining me. I'm here to discuss Victory Monday, as I mentioned. It's a wonderful, beautiful, exciting time to be a Cleveland Browns fan. The Cleveland Browns defeated the Arizona Cardinals 27-0 yesterday. And I wanted to break it down for you. So I want to ask that you follow us on Twitter, X. We are at the unhappy hour underscore. Our main channel is the New American Media. We're also at American underscore media underscore. Uh, do a YouTube search, The New American Media, and a YouTube search for The Unhappy Hour. Find us in all the places, would you? So I want to talk about this game. Let me see if I can pull up the stats here. Let me go ahead and do this. Cleveland Browns. Share. Ooh, excuse me. <coughs> I knew that was coming. I was trying to avoid it for the first minute. Um. Okay. All right. Cleveland Browns win 27 to 0. And I just got hit with a sneezing frenzy of three sneezes in just a couple of moments. Oh, man. Or is there four? Goodness. <coughs> oh, excuse me, folks. Excuse me. Okay, so I had thoughts on the game. I'll kind of walk you through them. <clears throat> wow, this is the most challenging start to a show I may have ever had. <clears throat> but I'm going to tear through. So in the first quarter... You know, I had, uh, try to go side by side. Seriously, one of the toughest beginnings I have ever had to a program. Goodness. Oh, okay. I guess there's the side-by-side -side I was looking for. Was that about six or seven sneezes to begin the show? Okay. <clears throat> Some of the notes that I had on the show, or on the uh, game yesterday, 
In the first quarter, okay. I did have some notes on the ability of the Cleveland Browns players to stay healthy. There was a play from Jerome Ford. He kind of went along the right side of the field. And he avoided one defender, which was good. But then he put himself in a very vulnerable position. He put himself in a vulnerable position, and he was speared. He kind of did like this jump thing, and he got speared in the side. There's a time and a place to fight for every yard, and there's a time and a place to make smart football plays to avoid, you know, the collisions. I'm just, I'm hypersensitive to all the collisions going on, especially since we've had Deshaun Watson injured for half the season. Since Jack Conklin has been out for the whole season, essentially. And now, since we have 40% of our line missing, Jed Wills. Um, Good news on the injury front with Jed. Jedrick Wills Jr. It's an MCL sprain. So it's not going to be something that knocks him out for the year. He's going on the injured reserve list. Whatever they're calling it now. But they're saying with Jed, he's going to be out. He's going to miss a few games here. But he's not going to be out for the entire season. Uh, Twitter's calling him a tough SOB. The entire Brown sideline came out for Jed. So he has an MCL injury. He's going to the IR, but he is expected to return this season. Marquise Goodwin is in the concussion protocol. So Jed is going to be out for six weeks, and that could have been his career. Poor kid. He was playing so much better lately. And he was playing better lately. Two guys were rushing at him, and he blocks. Okay, well, anyway. Wyatt Teller helps to pick up Jed Wills, carted off with a leg injury. Watching this footage here, I, I guess you can't see it, but they, yeah, I mean, he was very emotional on the field, and I'm happy to learn that it's not season ending. We will have him for the playoffs. Thank God. And yes, I am thinking about the playoffs already because this team is sixth in the AFC, sixth best record in the AFC right now. We just have to keep winning. We have several key wins coming up. Got the Ravens coming up next week. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be one that we really need to... to... It's going to be an opportunity to make right what once went wrong. That's tough to say. That was the intro, if you remember, of the Quantum Leap series. To make right what once went wrong. 
And that that Browns Ravens game was an atrocious disaster by by any set of measuring sticks. So we're gonna have a chance to correct this ship. I guess you know I I, I want to walk through some of these the the points in this, and I kind of got sidetracked on the injury front because it is one of the major stories. Every game is you, you have to kind of reassess the damage taken. I guess in any battle in any war you have to assess the damage. All right, what's the damage? Whether it's Star Trek, Star War, Star Wars, you know, what kind of damage did your ship take? And when we played the Ravens, we that that, that was right off the bat. Dorian Thompson Robinson as our backup quarterback. He was not ready. He was not prepared. And we got Watson back, thank God, because the, the quarterback play we've had, I mean, we've we've eked out some really tough wins against the 49ers and the Colts. It caught up to us against the Seahawks. All three of those are really good teams. <clears throat> 49ers, maybe the best. Seahawks, really good as well. Colts played as tough as – let's not sleep on the Colts. They, they played as tough, and they're in the hunt. But, you know, if we take care of business, we're a playoff team. So I'm, I'm, I'm focused – on staying as healthy as possible and aiming toward the playoffs. But let's go through some of this here. Deshaun Watson, you know, I, the first quarter, I noticed he had a lot of behind-the-runner throws. There were a lot of throws that were going to the shoelaces. We've seen this from Watson since he got to this team. You know, I, I looked up, and I, I think at one point, Deshaun Watson was 8 for 10. It's like, has he been really that? That's like... Dare I say Baker Mayfield level accurate? Baker was very accurate in college. In the pros, he you know he had his his ups and downs, of course. But I was like eight of ten. But then I mean the wheels kind of quickly came off with Deshaun Watson. The, the, the passes he he had three or four really nice passes to to Cooper on the day. A couple of other decent passes, but a lot of just ugh. I mean, how do you miss those kind of plays? But anyway, that, that's how Watson kind of came out of the gate in the first and second quarter. Um, you know, we're playing this Arizona team, and, and you just kind of got the sense pretty quick. It feels like they're a tanking team. And this is one of those games you have to win, you should win. Only with the spread only being 12 and a half, you're, you're kind of like, that's it? Because they had just traded Josh Dobbs away. Minnesota Vikings, of course, had Kirk Cousins get injured. He's out for the season, I believe, with a uh, Achilles. Although we'll see if Aaron Rodgers is able to come back from the Achilles in the same season. Of course, that happened in week one, so he's had a lot more time to, to heal from it. And he's already out on the field getting some practice in. But the Minnesota Vikings went out and got Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs... Pretty much universally respected as a genius. Was it an aerospace degree that he has? And the Vikings signed him. And it's really a good thing that, that they did. It's a good thing that they did sign him because the, the quarterback that they went with ended up on the sidelines with a concussion. So... Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. Yes, cocaine is a hell of a drug. No, here, let me show you. 
I, my cat was right up here, Ben. I called him over and I brushed him a little bit. It must have kicked up that cat dander, man. I've, I've actually, fun fact, I've never intentionally done cocaine. Never intentionally done cocaine. Whew. Yeah, struggling a little bit here. Um, but Josh Dobbs, a really smart player. And you just you kind of you kind of wonder why did the Browns get rid of him when we needed our backup quarterback to play when Watson got hurt? We went with Dorian Thompson Robinson, and he was a deer in headlights. The Browns were calling plays for him to 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 essentially try to play like Watson. Like, what are we doing, chucking it forty five yards downfield into interceptions? Like, very unprepared. But that kind of speaks to Andrew Barry. And Kevin Stefanski, they're the ones that put their final roster together. I contend that if we had Josh Dobbs, maybe we win that game against the Seahawks. I mean, that came down right to the bitter end. Found a way to lose that. Maybe. Maybe we beat the Ravens. Um, You know, it's, 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 it's hard to tell. It's, it really is just going to be a guessing game. But if you had a smart player back there that kind of understood how to jump in, Josh Dobbs did. He hung 28 points, I believe, on the sixth-ranked defense in the league. The Vikings got a win. The guy didn't even know his players' names. He just showed up. He took no snaps in, in the practice week. None. And call me crazy. You're crazy. But I just have this thing where... When I finally become a head coach, because I think it's it's possible that I do, I would do a thing where I would just blow the whistle. Yes, you got your ones going against your scout team. You're running your regular practice. You know what? You blow the whistle. Bring in the backup right tackle. Let's go. Swap them out. Go sit for seven plays. Give the backup some reps. Keep them sharp. All right, need a quarterback. Need a tight end. Every position, second string, third string. Get them a couple of reps. Keep them sharp. Keep them in the game. Because you never know when you're going to need them. I just find it weird that, that's, that players are so unprepared sometimes. I know there's only so many reps to go around. But do some extra reps. Get them, work them in a couple. Because you never know when you're going to need them. <laughs> So yeah, Josh Dobbs, why did the Cardinals trade him away? Cardinals haven't had Kyler Murray all season. And they went with this new guy. They went with some guy named Clayton Toon. On the day, he had a QBR of 1.6. Rating of 20.8. 58 yards and two interceptions. Also had 28 rushing yards on five carries. He was the leading rusher for the Cardinals. Keontae Ingram had uh, eight yards. On the day, it was it was pretty astonishing. But it, it, you knew that the Browns were going to win this. You knew that they were going to dominate. And honestly, only putting up 27 points seems disappointing. I, I want to be positive here, but I, I was a little concerned. No, we probably beat the Steelers if we had 
Josh Dobbs playing with us. Competent backup quarterback play. Because P.J. Walker, I mean, he's been a turnover machine. And Dorian Thompson-Robinson, yeah, he lit it up in preseason against third stringers. Man, he was not prepared for the pros. I just find it so weird that he was the number two quarterback until they saw him and went, oh, dear Lord, no. That's the guy you chose to go with. That's just an epic fail from the GM and from the coach. Anyway. Um, no points in the first quarter. Watson did have one really good throw to Cooper at that point, but no points in the first. Playing the Cardinals, we had no points at the end of the first. And there's something about Watson's mechanics that look a little weird to me still. It's, it's something about, like, he, he, he doesn't quite shot put it, but he kind of heaves the ball instead of just slinging it and zipping it. Now, he did have a few. He did have a few where he just snapped it, where the, the ball came out quick, it went on a laser beam right to the intended target. But on these long throws, it's, it's like he's something. There's a hitch in his throw. There's something off mechanically. But you can't complain with the results on the deep throws to Cooper. No interceptions and two or three deep throws. A 59-yarder, I think, and a 49-yarder, something along those lines. <clears throat> Denzel Ward had a really nice interception. That, that, that Clayton Toon... He airmailed that pass, and it was nicely caught by Denzel Ward. Kind of went across his body, and his body went sideways, and his legs did a scissor kick thing. I mean, he's just a vacuum out there. It's like he puts up a spider web and just brings errant balls to the defense. So, I mean, is that one a, uh, a turnover or a takeaway? It's a little of both. We earned it because he had to go up and get it. I mean, he clearly airmailed it, the quarterback did, but so half takeaway, half turnover. I prefer the takeaways where we earn it, we punch the ball out, we make a great read on the play. Either way, it's a turnover, and that's a good job for the defense. And we needed it. Um, there was another play with Kareem Hunt on fourth and one in the second quarter. A huge conversion on fourth and one. On the day, Kareem Hunt finished with 38 yards. Jerome Ford had 44. Not a lot of, of, of average. 2.2 yards per carry for Jerome Ford. 2.7 for Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, you really do miss Nick Chubb. Pierre Strong didn't really, he had three touches. I thought it was, it was turning a little bit more into a three-way race. With the Cleveland Browns, three running backs. He did have one reception for negative seven yards. Yeah, still missing Nick Chubb. But anyway, that was a really big conversion. I know uh, last week against the Seahawks, a lot of the conversation was, "What Stefanski, we don't have a problem with you throwing it on fourth down. We have a problem with you throwing on fourth down with this quarterback, P.J. Walker, in that situation. It's like, give it to Hunt. Hunt runs like he's angry at the ground. He can get you that tough yard, that one or two yards for the first down. If we get that first down, we, we run out the clock and we win the game. Could you imagine? 
Could you imagine what it would be like if instead of being five and three, we're six and two? That just, it sounds so much different. It's all right. It is what it is. We're an imperfect team and we are still learning. But yeah, after that fourth down, yeah, Watson did not use his throwing lanes and he smashed a laser beam off the Cardinals lineman's helmet. In some cases, folks, it is better to be lucky than good. And in that case, that is exactly what happened. Because as, as Cooper went out and did his post pattern, you know, you're on a really short field, so it happened quick. It was like a three-step drop and zip. But instead of waiting for him to clear before or after, probably the first chance he had to throw it was when he did throw it. But if he waited an extra beat, he might have been able to get him across. But you've got a really large lineman in the way, and he zipped it right at his helmet anyway. And the ball popped up. You know, that that's a pass we saw got intercepted with P.J. Walker throwing it the week before. Certainly didn't have that kind of luck. But it is better to be it is better to be lucky than to be good sometimes. And I gotta credit Cooper. Cooper kept his eye on the ball, kept an eye on the pop-up, positioned himself, went up to high point it. I mean, barely. Because he, he probably jumped a little early, so he was probably coming down. He had missed the apex just a little bit, which left a little bit of time for the defender to get their hands up. But it was too late. Cooper already had it in for a touchdown. Cooper bailed him out. Cooper really is unsung. Remember, for, for all the... There's hits and misses with any general manager. But we got Amari Cooper on a trade for next to nothing. That was a, that was a huge move to get a legitimate wide receiver one. You know, he had, he had two very long passes. And I saw when Cooper was getting up, he was, he was kind of dinged up a couple of times. He, air knocked out of it. You know, the, the wind knocked out of him or... Uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly what he tweaked, ankle or, or whatnot, but, I mean, he fought. He fought through, and he stayed in there, and he did great. I'd say most other wide receivers are going to miss that tipped ball for the touchdown. But Cooper got it. You know, and, the, and <laughs> I saw it when it happened. The screen... The broadcast cut to the Browns cheering that touchdown. And there was one guy in the front. He was just kind of like shaking his head like, what the hell was that? And that is exactly how I felt. I was watching the game. As that play happened, I'm like, immediately on the deflection, I went, oh, good Lord, no. This is not going to be good. It ends up being a catch, and you're like, okay, that was a great catch. And for me, I just I was sitting there shaking my head. I'm like, we really dodged a bullet. So when they showed that guy on the screen, it was like, oh, that's my spirit animal. That's exactly how I feel. It's exactly how I feel. And then after the fact, it was like, Browns fans can never be happy. It's like, that was not skill. That was luck. It's better to be lucky than good. I get it. But, I mean... If you do that 10 times, maybe nine times, it turns into a turnover. It was just like, that was a poor decision, in my, in, in my opinion. And so watching that guy shaking his head, 
He's going to be turned into a meme or a gif or a gif or a gif. I call it a gif. Anyway, that was my spirit animal at that moment. Dustin Hopkins had two good kicks. Um, and, and the one kick that he had really was nice because the Browns hadn't really done much against this team, this team that's pretty much mailing it in so they can get the number one pick next year. You know, they're one and eight. Traded away their starting quarterback for nothing. Hardly anything. And if that... We were up 10 nothing. It took that Dustin Hopkins kick to bring us up 13 nothing, And that was big. That was big for momentum. The momentum to cash in on that last drive. You know, really penalize the Cardinals. Let them feel it. And then just that momentum's a big thing. If if we had missed that kick, it's only a two-score game. Now, obviously, it's still a two-score game. But 13 nothing does feel better to me than 10 nothing. Of course, three points better. But to just get that field goal in as time's expiring and you head off to the head, it's like, okay, yeah, we, we, we got outplayed this whole quarter. If we had missed that, it would be, all right, well, we dodged one. We're, we're close, boys. We're a field goal and a, and a touchdown away. Let's go get it. So I thought that was really nice. I did like Deshaun Watson in the second half. He had a nice check down pass. It was kind of like one where he, he thought about running it again doing a little QB scramble. Watson does like to do that more often than I would like, than I would prefer. But instead, he dumped off the ball. Got it to Ford. That was a 12-yard first down. And it just got me thinking that, I, you know, I just wish we had always ran more of those plays. Little slip screens, little out routes from the running backs. I always wanted to see Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just flare out, just little flares to the flats. You turn one way, you turn the other, a screen, a double screen. Who are you going to cover? Get them the ball in a little bit of space and let them take off. I really, I, I always wish that Stefanski had called more of those plays when we had a healthy Nick Chubb with Baker Mayfield under center. it's almost unstoppable to get those good because they're both incredible. They're great pass catchers and they, they do really well in space. In the second half, ninth year pro defensive tackle Shelby Harris out of Illinois state busted through the line, strips tune recovered by Garrett. You know, that was the second Browns takeaway on the day leading to a zip Touchdown on the very short field to Ninjoku. That was one where it looked like Watson was on point, laser focused, you know, and just he had the right velocity. He had the right, um, the right decision making. It was very definitive. It was what you want to see. And so that was another touchdown that we got there. It was huge. And that came directly from the defense, giving you a short field. Good job on the defense again. Third third turnover. Number 57, Isaiah McGuire, rookie out of Missouri. Okay, so let's, you know, I, I don't always want to bash the general manager, but, like, it does come up and we – 
it's it's all it's all a it's a vast mosaic, if you will. Oh, I will. So this guy had a really nice play, fifty-seven Isaiah McGuire, defensive end, rookie out of Missouri. He just had a bull rush that took that left tackle back, 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 right into the quarterback who tried to make a throw. And it went right to Sione Taki Taki. You know, it's it's like, oh, Taki Taki did that. It's like, well, you know, McGuire did that. But Taki Taki finished it. One of the best names in pro football, by the way. Uh, Watson had three or four nice throws to Cooper on the day. Fought through getting banged up, kind of slow to get up on a couple of them, but he made it work. Um, there was another play in the third, to close the third third period out. It was third and 11. You know, and that's the one thing that the, the Cleveland Browns defense did really well when they weren't taking the ball away on two interceptions or one strip sack. A lot of three and outs. A lot of stopping him on third down. Obviously, that's how you get the ball back. Unless it's going to be fourth down. But to close the third, third and 11, Deshaun Watson scrambles for the first. I think he had 12 or 13 yards on that run. It was a nice play. But once again, I would like to see Watson run the ball less in general. We're playing for the playoffs this season, folks. And I posted a picture. Um, if you're on Facebook, it's the Unhappy Hour Sports Show, a support group. Go ahead and do a search. And I posted Bill Lumberg from Office Space. That's where he's going, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and need you to, uh, yeah. I posted that GIF, and the thought was, yeah. If the other teams in the AFC North could just maybe stop winning, that would be great. Yeah. Because they do keep winning. Everybody won this week. Those darn Steelers, man. How do they how are they so consistently competitive? It almost boggles the mind that they're that competitive. Seems like this might be the weakest roster the Steelers have fielded. But they still keep winning. I saw a question on the pregame show. Uh, what was that NBC, CBS? They were saying, will all four teams in the AFC North make the playoffs? It is very possible. I think the answer that they gave was no. And they thought only two. I think they thought only the uh, Ravens and the Bengals were going to make it. No. This is a historic defense that the Cleveland Browns have. Out of the four times that that teams, what is it? The Browns have three of the four fewest yards given up on defense this year. Three different games. Uh, what was it? It was the Cardinals. It was, it was the Titans. And it was the Bengals. So three of the top four lowest yards given up from a defense in the entire game were the Browns. And when you've got a defense like that, you can you can stay in any game. The key is not turning it over and getting decent quarterback play on the other side, of course. But yeah, I'm just I'm forward thinking to the playoffs. 
Everything is about the playoffs here. So I want to see Watson run the ball less in general. I want him to stay healthy, of course. So with 12 minutes left in the fourth, it was third and five. Watson scrambled left, airmailed a soft toss to Elijah Moore. that really should have been intercepted by the Cardinals. So that's two interceptions that Watson got away with. Past few games, he's had a few touchdowns and no interceptions, but man, got lucky twice in this game. That little soft toss scrambled to the left over to Elijah Moore. That could have, would have, should have been an t- interception. And then Hopkins, uh, right around that point, gets a chance at a 48 yarder and he missed it because he's human. Cream Hunt get, got his touchdown in the fourth quarter. You know, the Hunt-Ford combo, it does look good. Not a lot from Pierre Strong, but that yards per rush is down. Uh, Desperately missing Nick Chubb. And now that we're down Jack Conklin and Jedrick Wills. And the injury looked awful. The way he was crying, he looked like Caleb Williams out there, the quarterback for USC. Really bad look on that guy. Guy says he wants ownership in the team if he's going to play, and he might sit out. Like, guys, just I would, I, I couldn't imagine drafting that kid. Good luck to him, I guess. But yeah, Jed, I think Jed thought his season was done, and he was crying, man. He was he was beside himself, and just injuries are the worst part of this beautiful game called football. Oh, just these accidental injuries. They're the worst. And so we're down 40% of our offensive line right now. We'll see what happens. We'll see what they end up doing. Is Dewan Jones going to go to left tackle? The position that a lot of people are saying, like, well, he he probably should be our left tackle anyway. So we'll see. I We'll have to wait till practice, see what coach does. But yeah, Kareem with that fourth quarter touchdown was nice. It was it was a really strong effort. And historically speaking, this is the fewest yards from the Cardinals offense since 1955. 1955. You'd have to go back to till they had fewer yards. And that was a very different game in 1955. I don't need to tell you. Yeah, I really do feel like we should have scored more than 27 points for the game. We're nitpicking here. We we threw a twenty-seven nothing shutout. Oh, but it wasn't shutouty enough. Well, you know, got high hopes. Uh, what are the Steelers doing? What are the Bengals doing? What are the Ravens doing? Pedal to the metal. Let's go. There's there's no time off. We've we've already had a couple mistakes where we let a victory slip away. So I would have liked to see us put some more points on the board. But kudos to the defense. Jim Schwartz is doing a great job with those guys. Miles Garrett putting up stats again. Probably defensive MVP. In the running for MVP of the entire league, honestly. We'll see how that all shakes out. But it was nice for the the, the Browns defense to bounce back that way. After they gave up so many points to the Colts. And then allowing that dreadful game-winning drive to the Seahawks. So, 
As I mentioned, the Browns are five and three, four and one at home. That's that's nice. You know, the Browns have historically been really bad at home for the past couple decades since they came back. It's nice to give the hometown fans the wins because we haven't had a lot of them. It was nice seeing Cedric Tillman play. You know, remember, we did just trade away um, to the Detroit Lions, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And so Cedric Tillman got healthy, and it was nice seeing him play. He didn't really have much of an impact at all, but that was a third-round pick. I hope he develops into something useful. He was really good at Tennessee. We'll see. But next week we are at, we're going to M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The rest of the year, it's Ravens, Steelers, Broncos, Rams, Jaguars, Bears, Texans, Jets, Bengals. So how many of these can we win? Ravens is going to be tough. At home against the Steelers. Okay. I think we can get that win. At the Broncos, Broncos are playing better now. But that's that's a winnable game. At the Rams, Stafford, is Stafford still out? That's a winnable game. Jaguars is going to be tough. That's a number one team right there. Versus the Bears at home, that's a winnable game. Hey, Texans, don't look now, but C.J. Stroud is playing pretty fantastically. They have five touchdowns, 400 and something yards yesterday. Versus the Jets, Jets are dinged up, but they got a good defense, and they're, they're fighting in there. That's not a gimme. And the Bengals game at the end of the year will not be a gimme. So the standings here in the AFC after all the Sunday games. Dolphins, they're up two games or one game on the Jets. It's six and three. They lost to the Chiefs over in, where is that, Germany? Jacksonville Jaguars are up two on the Texans. Don't look now, but the Texans are four and four. Even the Colts are four and five, fighting for it. But yeah, look at this. Look at this AFC North. Five wins each, three losses, identical records. Bengals, Browns, Steelers. Five and three, five and three, five and three with the Ravens. Game and a half up at seven and two. So if we can take care of business and go six and three next week, beating the Ravens, then we can drop them to seven and three. That is a massive task. They're 115 up in the differential. That's the most in the AFC. That's the most in football, folks. We might have the toughest team in the league in our division. Checking out the NFC here. You got the Eagles at 8-1. and one, Cowboys at 5-3. and three. Lions at 6-2. And, and don't look now, but the Vikings are fighting 5-4. and four, And they're getting Justin Jefferson back pretty soon. New Orleans Saints. Yeah, that was a tough one for Baker Mayfield. He went down. It reminded me of the game where Baker started for the... Uh, Carolina Panthers against the Browns in the opening game last year. Went down and got the game-winning drive. 
only to lose it right at the end. Ours was a super long kick from Cade York. And this one was C.J. Stroud with yet another touchdown pass right at the end with just a couple of seconds left. So the Buccaneers have slipped to 3-5, and five, but, I mean, they, they could be 5-3. and three. Of course, I'm pulling for Baker, but the Saints lead that division barely at 5-4, and four, Falcons 4-5, four and five, Tampa Bay at 3-5. and five. Carolina just kind of sucks. They're like Arizona, one win on the season. And it's gotten tighter there in the NFC West, 5-3, five 5-3, and three, five and three, the Seahawks and the Niners. We've had to play them both. We're doing this whole division thing against the NFC West. But, yeah, if you did the standings right here, let me just click on this and show you. As I mentioned, we are the sixth seed. There we go. Right there, we, we don't have the tiebreaker on the Steelers because we lost to them. It'll be super important that we beat them two weeks from now. Yeah, all three of us, Steelers, Browns, Bengals, just 5, 6, and 7 sitting there. Ravens is the two seed. Uh, what do you do if you expand it? Is that the one where it shows both leagues? Nope, that wasn't it. Oh, yeah, league. There we are. Browns have the 10th best record in football behind the Eagles, Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, Jaguars, Dolphins, 49ers, Steelers, Seahawks. And the same record as the Cowboys, Bengals as well. But that's not bad. Look at that. We're, we're right up in the, the top. Look at all the teams that we are not. <laughs> we're doing better than all of them. Being 5-3 and three at this point in the season. I, I, I wish we were undefeated. I know that we're good. I know we could be better. But five and three, I'll take it. And Deshaun Watson, he against the Colts, <clears throat> he could have thrown two interceptions. What he only have five passes, one interception. It could have been two before he went into concussion protocol and got sat out for another couple weeks. But we got Deshaun Watson back. Like the face it. You know, like the trade, hate the trade, doesn't matter. That's two years ago. He's our quarterback now. And the better he does, the better this team's going to do. And with a defense like we have and a short-up kicking game with Dustin Hopkins, we have a chance to be in it at the end of the season. Every game is crucial at this point. And so we're going to kind of turn, shift our gears now from a team that we obviously, we should have beaten. We anticipated beating we did defeat the Arizona Cardinals and now we're going to shift it to the Baltimore Ravens that this is going to be a tough one but let's go out let's go out and play first time around our defense that this vaunt vaunted vaunted is that a word this defense gave up two rushing touchdowns to both Gardner Minshew and uh Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson's playing the best football he's ever played in his career. The way that they've tailored the offense and they've they've kind of revamped who they have there. It's going to be a tall task. And I sure hope that we do a QB spy situation from our linebacker because it seemed like we just left that middle of the field open and he kept taking those. Two, two rushing touchdowns. Brutal. When we played them. I mean, they 
They rocked us. We're going to have to do a lot better. And it's going to be on the road. It's not going to be easy, peeps. It's not going to be easy. But you know what? To be the champs, you got to beat the champs. You know, flip-flop it. The, the way that we were, the way that we dominated the Cardinals, 27 nothing. That's that's essentially, and that's also kind of how we dominated the Titans, 27 to three. Similar to how we dominated the Bengals, 24 to three. Wait, flip it upside down. That's how we got dominated, three to 28, against the Ravens in the fourth game of the season. Remember how we responded, though? We put DTR on the bench. We brought P.J. Walker in. Gutsy wins against the 49ers and Colts. Tough loss to the Seahawks and then beat the Cardinals. So it's uh, it's positive. It's it's positive that we're five and three. At least we're in it, you know. Do what you know? I just want look at these draft picks here. Tillman is is finally now starting to play. Dewan Jones has been excellent out of Ohio State. As I mentioned. Uh, Isaiah McGuire came in and did a really good job forcing that turnover. Cameron Mitchell at cornerback, and I think we're going to see Luke Whipler. I think he can play other positions. You know, we'll see if he ends up playing. Two Ohio State offensive linemen. What a wild scenario. Yeah, prayers for a speedy recovery for Dewan Jones. Um, no, DeWand was injured, but he fought through and kept, stayed in the game. Uh, rooting for Jed Wills to have a have a speedy recovery here with his MCL. Yeah, Cedric, Cedric Tillman was targeted once and he caught it. You know, really a non-factor, one catch for three yards. <laughs> Couldn't get it to Kareem Hunt in the air. Couldn't get it to Goodwin. In the air. Jerome Ford brought in a few. 33 yards receiving. But yeah. Just pitching a shutout there against the Cardinals was really fantastic for the defense. We needed it today. Good to see Deshaun Watson back. And all eyes are going to be turning on the Baltimore Ravens next week. So, there you have it. It's a victory Monday. I'm still kind of like that guy that they showed in the stands. I'm just like, ugh, could have been more. But let's just take the win. Let's just be happy about it. Browns fans, we don't know how to be happy. We just don't. Is that fair? I mean, name a franchise, name a fan base that's been through more hell than we have. It's It's hard to. But I don't want to play the oppression Olympics. I just want to get used to winning. I want to keep winning. I want to win often. I want to win bigly and go from there. So, um, big win. Good job, Browns. Whew. It's nice to be competitive, consistently competitive now. We have entered the consistently competitive phase. That defense is lights out sometimes. Not to the Colts, not to the Seahawks, not to the Ravens. But a lot of these other games, we were lights out. Let's see if we can do it next week. If, 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 we, can, if we can snatch a, a victory against those Ravens, that, that is going to radically alter the outcome of the rest of this season. 
Is it a game that we're expected to win? Probably not. Is it a game that we could win? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to take everything we have. So, all right. Let's have a good week of practice, and let's go out and have a really strong effort. I'm thinking I got playoffs on the mind. There's a lot of teams bunched up at 5-3. and three. We're going to start seeing some separation here. You want to stay ahead, looking in your rearview mirror, just glancing. You don't want to have to look ahead and go, oh, I hope some th- I hope we get a few losses from teams ahead of us. Wouldn't it be good? It's better to control your own destiny. And, you know, luckily we at least beat the, the Bengals. But we're going to have – next two weeks are going to tell us a lot about the AFC North for sure. So um, we'll be here on the Unhappy Hour to tell you about it. So follow us in all of the places. We communicate all week long, and then we kind of do a wrap-up on the game after the fact. So thank you for watching. My name is Brian Engelman. Signing out for Strictly Browns here on uh, the Unhappy Hour Sports Show, a subsidiary of the new American media because the old American media has failed. I appreciate you. I love you. Go Browns. Peace out.